Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. All right, episode thir- social witnessing, episode 32 with our friend Talia. Hi Talia, how are you? Hi Talia. Hi guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Um so you run an online preschool called BKC Online, is that correct? Uh yeah, we just we just started it in April, in May. Oh nice. Um so how has your journey been through COVID because I know being like how running a preschool must have been pretty tricky when everything started closing. Well, we actually used to run two licensed daycares mm-hmm. and that part was very tricky uh, when things started closing down and when people were told to stay home, obviously taking their kids out to daycare is one of the things that, that, uh, if, if everybody who had the option, I think, would have chosen to stay home. Mm-hmm. So the virtual preschool was actually a chance for us to stay in touch with the families at first. But then it also has kind of changed and evolved a little bit as, as a means to help provide structure for families who are trying to stay at home with their kids the the opportunity to stay home with their parents for weeks and weeks at a time, I think is something that's probably really unique and special for the kids right now. I mean, I definitely never got to stay home with my parents for six weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe it's not ideal. Obviously it's not ideal. Um, but it's still it's still something quite unique for for a lot of kids and and a lot of parents and it's nice that aside from all the parts that are crazy it's nice that they get that chance but I also don't think necessarily that every parent especially parents who are trying to work from home and take care of their kids from home while COVID is happening it doesn't necessarily mean that they're also going to know everything that they should be doing for their kids or even if they do always have time to do all of it. Like I see that there's a lot of pressure for parents mm-hmm. right now and, and obviously pressure for kids, even aside from what they are feeling, they also feel that their parents are feeling pressure. So there's a lot of big feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so What we're doing with the online preschool, with the virtual preschool, is trying to help families establish a routine that kids, the same kind of routine that kids follow at preschool, you know, like they have different types of activities that stimulate their minds and their learning in different ways. And as educators, we know and we learn how to structure those types of activities to best effect you know like nobody can do physical activity physical activity physical activity all the time they need rests and they need they need creative expression as well Mm -hmm. so the virtual preschool is kind of a 
a system that has two guided sessions during the day and then suggestions and kind of structure for the rest of the time at home and probably okay. stuff that, yeah, probably stuff that you're already doing. Like obviously a lot of parents are, have been home now for a long time and they have found a rhythm. Um, so it, it is meant to fit in with all of that and, and also give families a bit of a chance to just take a break from, from all the, you know, constant activity planning, at least the parents who have been coming to the daycare, I know they're, I know they're doing a lot of research about how to, how to keep kids entertained and activities to give them and, um, you know, sensory bins and exploring float and sink and volcanoes at home. Mm-hmm. I also, I also noted, uh, noticed on your website that you're offering the programs for two to six-year-olds. So for six-year-olds, that could be kindergarten or grade one. Are you getting, are you getting any kids in those age groups? Um, we have our program. We always, uh, our old, our, our real program, what should I call it? Um, Our real program was two to six-year-olds, and we did have a few six-year-olds because the license was for up to the end of kindergarten. But but certainly the bulk of the kids are kind of four and five. But there's a couple of six-year-olds, and also some of our three- and four-year-olds have older siblings who are joining as well. So we're, we're making the classes relatively small and highly interactive. So it's you kind of tailor it to the kids who are there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't mind, can you tell us a little bit about the beginning, like how it all started? Like, was it overnight for you guys with the daycares and kind of what that whole experience right at the beginning was, what you thought, what, what was the original thinking and how you had to pivot? Yeah, totally. It almost was overnight, honestly. It was, it, if not overnight, it was like less than a week. And I think the declaration of the pandemic by the WHO was definitely a, 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 a tipping point, obviously, for everyone, just like the, the confirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we, we do a flexible online booking system for the childcare center. So families can choose when they want to come and they only pay for the hours they use. So once they stopped wanting to come, they are also able to unbook their hours. So I think, yeah, like the week of March 16th and 17th, we just, we used to normally have, you know, 30 or so kids booked in in the run of a day. And then it was down to like 12. And then the next day it was six. And even as the day was progressing, people were just canceling as they went. And by the 17th, it was just completely empty. And what, what were you thinking at that time? What was the initial plan? Or were you just kind of wait and see? Uh, we were kind of having to wait and see because we weren't sure if daycares were going to be allowed to be open. Um, right. Some of the other provinces had closed them and there wasn't quite the information available. So we were closed from the 18th to the 6th. Um, and in that time, uh, the manager at the Broadway Center was 
wanting to stay connected with the family. So she had suggested doing a story time. And we actually, <laughs> we actually were, um, sorry, we weren't, but where I go to, I do, I do kickboxing and he's fan mm-hmm. uh, at, at Flow Martial Arts. And uh, the instructor there, Josh, was doing his karate classes for kids and he moved quickly to Zoom. So it was kind of a combination of Sarah's suggestion and then seeing how it could be done that led to it. But the software that we use to book and pay for spots at the daycare is quite adaptable and quite flexible. So we already had that available to, well, we already had that because it was something that we developed for the daycare mm-hmm. like 10, 10 years ago. So it was kind of just having all the right pieces at the right, in the right order, I guess. Certainly it wasn't a plan, but it happened so quickly and it just fell into place. So was, um, so that's Josh on your website, right? Who, who um, uh, teaches the karate for kids class. That's right. So, did you do that prior with um, like with your daycare? Did you do any classes like that? Or is this new now that you've gone to the online um, preschool? We actually have. We've had lots of different presenters come in and do what we call Big Kids Club, which is um, our our house preschool program. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've had teachers who come in and have done Chinese uh, language and culture classes. And we've had facilitators who come in and do children's yoga with the kids so yeah I'm trying to think what else even cooking classes we we love to share (laughs) we love to share with kids and a lot of people do tend to love that so whenever there's a good fit or like aligned values then we're usually pretty pretty open to having people come in and and do classes with us we have to get criminal record checks for everyone of course but that's still fun. And what about feedback now that um, restrictions are starting to be lifted? Are you getting any interest in kind of getting back to regular daycare style? Or is that still kind of everybody still in wait and see mode? Hmm, I wonder, are you guys going back to daycare soon or school? (laughs) No, 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 right? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we we ask that uh, every time on the podcast whether if they said tomorrow okay everything's open would you go and we haven't had many yeses we've had a few people not not as far as daycare or school but themselves who would be willing to go but um yeah the majority is definitely in the wait and see yeah and and i think go ahead well i think that's especially true of people who have a flexible schedule like if you for people who are at home from an office where they used to work 40 hours a week and now they're trying to work from home. I think it, after this long, it's, you know, it's difficult, but it's becoming doable. Mm -hmm. And, and for us, the, our original audience was a flexible schedule family, like people who were already working from home or self-employed or shift workers or appointment based so those people especially are, they have options to 
to wait. Right. And I think and I think that's how the how the phasing process can be successful is like if if some people start to uh go back and start doing what they you know whatever it is that they need to do and some people stay back then you know it'll it'll be a slower reemergence but probably probably a safer one as well Right. So I just hope nothing bad happens over the summer. You know, I just yeah. hope things go well. I, oh my God. <laughs> um, and so like for yourself, are you like, if there's enough interest, are you going to reopen? We, we have two locations. So we're, we're going to close, we are closing one of them uh, on June 26th. Mm-hmm. And we had, we had closed both. Uh, earlier and so we reopened one and that one we're going to close and open the other one instead the other one is smaller and a bit a lot cheaper to maintain Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) yeah um and then so like for yourself and and like for yourself how how are things going like dealing with covid and like are you I guess you have to go if you still have one location open right now. Do you have to go into work sometimes, or are you like fully isolating, or how how is it being? Um. So once they once they did announce that childcare was essential in BC, I started making plans to reopen. Um, but we did it. We kind of just accepted that everything is changed. Everything is different and made a program for the new requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at the at the guidelines from Vancouver Coastal Health, which is our licensing body, but also like countries that are doing things that are working and just best best practices everywhere. And <laughs> and we made a code of COVID conduct and all of the families who are coming in and all of the staff who are working there, they all know that like, these are our expectations. And it's been, it's been pretty, it's to be honest, it's been really great. If anything, having that level of attention is very reassuring. Um, Some of the families who do attend with us these days are hospital and essential workers. And they've said that, what we're doing is totally aligned with what they are doing. And yeah, like we just want to be clear that, yeah, that it's safe. Yeah. So what, what kind of steps uh, are you talking about? Like what are the changes that you guys have made? Uh, well, in the first place, we ask that everybody check the children's temperature before they leave the house and mm-hmm. obviously not come in at all if the temperature is elevated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do a confirmation, like we've got a thermometer set up at the at the front entrance so that we do a confirmation. But but yeah, doing it at home is, is kind of the first step. Um, we, daycares have always been required to sanitize the toys according to like a schedule and frequency. So it was more a matter of changing the frequency. We, we took, oh my gosh, we took so many of the toys, like 60% of the toys out of the play space 
on our first round. And then we had a couple of kids in and we were just like, nope, still too many toys. So we took another 50% off the floor. And and then you have a few more kids and it's it it's amazing, but they are very, they're very adaptable. You know, the kids are so quick to learn that they need to ask for the toys they want. And and even the smallest of them is starting to understand that we we're not sharing the toys. They know that they don't share food at the snack table. So it's kind of, it's not, it's not so difficult for them to understand that we're not sharing the toys anymore. That must be such a trip as a kid to be, have adults going share, share, share. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) no sharing. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so funny. I mean, and trying to encourage them to maintain social distance. There's like a song (laughs) <laughs> There's a song that we play a lot of times a day uh, about social distancing. And it's just, you know, it's just how we teach kids what to do. It's a social context. And now social context is that we have a bit of space between us, but it's still how to behave in society. And it's still what they're totally, you know, prepared for learning. Their minds are looking for that guidance. So mm-hmm. Yeah, they 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 just kind of roll with it. I think that's I think that's what's really fun about toddlers. They're just like, okay. Have you noticed on that note, have you noticed any changes in them or in their mood or behaviors or anything they say, that sort of thing? I think the older kids, yes. Like the four year olds are more aware of what's happening. But even so we've been doing the virtual classes and we've had a lot of the kids showing up and and checking in and like they're really excited about the cheer at seven o'clock right and yeah like I asked one of the classes one day what has changed in their lives and I totally did expect them to say you know they have to stay home or they can't go to the park or they can't see their friends but but they didn't. They talked to one of the little girls suggest, uh, said that she's been doing the cheer and all of them were so excited to talk about it, like talking about pots and pans and talking about going inside. And even even the the littlest of them and the way that they pronounce emergency workers, it was <laughs> it was lovely. Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing how they just like, yeah, you're right. They just roll with it and. And they find like the joy, like something new. It's like, oh, this is amazing. Let's continue this. We'll have to keep it going after all this is over. I was thinking that today, you know, there's no problem with showing appreciation every day. It's, it's a nice habit to have. Um, for your, like for your classes, have you um, thought about, are you going to be doing any sort of um, virtual field trips or anything like that um, with the kids? That's what I'm totally excited about, like for the future, obviously, you know, like we last summer, we put out a a field trip guidebook for parents and for families, like kind of our top 10 field trips that we love to take the kids. They're all transit friendly and about two to three hours from from Vancouver, you know, like playing at the beach included. So like a like a two to three hour afternoon field trip guidebook Mm -hmm. and with the virtual classes I just think it would be so cool to to send the kids out on field trips if families wanted to Mm -hmm. but for the future too to even like to meet up at parks and 
have that connection. Yeah, definitely. We were speaking with um, uh, some other um, people who work in museums and they were talking about organizing online field trips for um, well, trips that have been canceled where all the kids can't come at the same time. So that would be interesting as well to even do something like that. I wonder, uh-huh. I wonder at that age, if they'd be as interested in, in probably maybe a science world ever <laughs> opens up again, you could do like a field trip to science world. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know about science world for, <laughs> for me. I get a little bit overwhelmed with all the people myself, much mm-hmm. less with kids, but yeah. But like Renfrew Ravine Park is really gorgeous and easy to get to. So what's the virtual schedule like now? Like what, what's an average, uh, I don't know if it's, I'm assuming it's not a full day that you're doing. It's just uh, smaller sessions. What, how, what's yeah, that? so we, we run a session at 10 a.m. And then another one on the same topic at 1 p.m. And they go for... 45 minutes to an hour like we shoot for an hour but especially when things are new it's hard to it's hard to introduce it but the the sessions are totally interactive they're small group the maximum is 10 and it's it's about engaging and and creating the experience of working together and and joining up with friends and then from 11, uh, well, it ends at 11. So from like 11 to one, uh, there's suggestions for what the kids and families might want to do on that time. Like obviously lunch is probably going to happen in there, but like it's really a big part of the early learning framework in BC is about active play and spending time outside. And even at this time, like health are like the health people, health experts, whatever, um, are still recommending that kids do go outside at least once a day. So going out for neighborhood walks and like knowing that, oh, you know, after this, we're going to get back to our class and we're supposed to have taken a picture of a new type of flower, like just kind of reminding the kids to connect with nature while they are going about their day. And then it all kind of builds up to the one o'clock session because then the kids have been kind of preparing and looking forward to it. And when they come back at one o'clock, it's with the intention of reconnecting with their friends. And that's the point that we are wanting to see, like with practice, that's the point where kids would be a little bit more independent and not necessarily need, need their parents to help them with the classes at that point. Right. I was just going to ask if um, most of the parents are there kind of with the kids since it's such a young age or do they is there a point where they just kind of let them go a little bit? It takes a bit of practice. It definitely does. But but also so does regular preschool. Like a lot of kids wander away from their preschool classes and their art classes at various points. And it's kind of the support teachers who are able to send the kids back to the classes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like I, at the daycare, when I was working there, the the teachers would be presenting their classes. And if the kids left, <laughs> if they left the table or if they said they were bored, usually they would come over to my desk and want to chat. And usually I would just remind them that this was not going to last for very much longer. And 
next we're going to have snack, but this is the time where the activity is happening and, and just send them back. And they would usually just, you know, they, once they know that it's not going to last forever, they're usually pretty okay with giving it a try. Right. And what about your, um, your coworkers or employees? How has it been transitioning back to kind of working in person um, at the daycare that you have open or the new one that you're opening? Are they excited to get out there? Is there can you sense some nerves from that? Um, well, very early on, again, as I said, like we we got together and we made this code of conduct and we just started with the idea that the daycare was sanitary, like a safe space. And we're having it cleaned quite often professionally as well. So it is. Um, and and we just worked backwards from there. Like every everything that comes into the space gets sanitized. Kids change their shoes. Everybody washes their hands. Everybody is in good health. We're spraying and cleaning everything between uses. And it's all documented on charts and and it's very transparent. So actually, actually everybody who has come back over, at, at various points over the last six weeks have said that coming back has actually made them feel more in control because mm-hmm. we have, have such a like comprehensive program. Right. Yeah. And yeah, to, to give you some props, I guess, uh, the person who recommended you, a friend of ours who said, um, you'd be someone that would be great to have on the podcast said that compared to her daycare um, where she's kind of following along on Instagram and said, they, they, it seems like a mess there. They're not doing a great job of distancing or anything like that. So she, she had um, really good things to say about the program that you're running. Thank you. I'm so glad. Yeah, actually I, she mentioned to me and I was just like, wow, that's crazy because well, we opened we opened very early on because we do emergency childcare all the time. So during a pandemic, emergency childcare was seemed like mm-hmm. seemed like a good time to be offering it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, we've just been taking it really seriously. It actually one of one of the other daycares up the street from us because once we did the code, we also publicized it and we put up posters all over the place. Um, and one of the daycares up the street called me and asked if they could just use our code because she had been she had been tasked with creating a a reopening plan, and she said once she saw ours, it was just might as well just use ours. Right. You should you should get some uh, media media attention on there and and uh, kind of force the hand of other daycares to follow along because that seems like a really great program. Yeah. And it's been really comforting. One of the things that is just like when we think of our as, of our daycare as a bubble that is safe, one of the things that is kind of a, a big risk to introduce is is transit. For mm-hmm. for me, I just didn't really feel like that was something it just seems it just seems unnecessary, you know, like <laughs> to to go to all the work that we're putting in to keep everything clean and then to take the bus to get there was a bit, is a bit, um, it's a bit of a chink in the armor, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So two of the girls who are working with us, I was like, I asked them if they would, if they would be okay with riding bikes or if they would consider riding bikes instead. 
And they both said they would, but they didn't have a bike. So I have a a friend who works at the bike shop uh, down at Second in Quebec at Bikes for All. And he like brought a bunch of bikes up to the daycare so they could try them out. And then we bought a couple of used bikes pretty much right at the right at the beginning of when we started working. Wow. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Just, and, and that too, I think, I think that just, well, I, I used to work for in cycling advocacy and, and I really do believe that it's just a more empowering way to, to travel, you know, mm-hmm. to know that you are able to control your own distance and direction. So that too was, has been really helpful. Like, I think, I think they're enjoying, I think they're enjoying that compared to at this time where there's so much that we don't really get to control. Introducing introducing people to riding bikes is one of the things that I think is quite cool. That's, that's pretty awesome. I, I wouldn't have even have thought about that, but yeah, like how you're getting to work really affects how, like what you're bringing, how safe it is. So yeah, that's, that's awesome here like here we see so many people riding bikes but it's for pleasure and they're not really distancing very well (laughs) it's not for not commuting it's just for pleasure it it must be such a relief for i mean we we have friends and family we've had some of them on the podcast who are central workers and are kind of forced to be out there as you are um and it must be quite a big relief to have their kids somewhere where it's that kind of strict with the guidelines they're following and just eases that that tension on them a little bit which I mean any tension that we can relax from them right now is a big bonus Mm -hmm. yeah that's it exactly like just in appreciation for the work that they're doing the last thing that we want to be doing is adding stress to their lives it's so it's already hectic enough Mm -hmm. and and like including one of the things that we ask people to do is is consider making buttings their first stop on their route. So like even, you know, like please don't please don't go to the supermarket before you come to daycare. Like please consider making us your first stop. Or Starbucks. And, yeah, you know, like all the places that just, you know, just any place if you come right. here first, then then everybody knows that this is where the kids are in good health. We're doing we're doing what is recommended, um, and 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 teaching a socially appropriate program for toddlers and preschoolers, just like we always have. Just like we, you know, that's our that's our goal: flexible educational care. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the new world, and right. and online preschool is just a, an extra part of the new world because kids are wanting to see their friends and and they can you know the the idea that screen time is always bad is i think i think screen time that is passive or screen time that is not specifically designed to uh enlighten or or to develop their minds can certainly be one t- one thing but the screens are also, I don't know. I have like this idea. Of, I, I'm trying to make this video to capture like the idea of, of the screen as like the magic mirror from Beauty and the Beast, like that it can transport you, that you can go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Through it. Do you think after like, 
it, once things go back to normal or some new type of normal, do you think your online program will continue or that there'll still be interest for it for maybe people who, you know, have their kids at home, but still would like, instead of without having to take them anywhere, still would like them to have something engaging to do and break up their day? Well, that's, that's exactly the thing. And honestly, I know um, I have to do a survey, but Josh has done a survey with his kids camps and most people are not really looking for anything for the whole summer, like to Mm -hmm. sign up for things. But this is something that can give them, can give them the structure. That's the thing is like the kids who wake up in the morning and they have breakfast and then they don't know what's going to happen for the whole rest of the day, or there's no, there's no consistency. It's very hard for them to find stability in, in that, even, even when it's fun. And even when unstructured is, is enjoyable, when they don't know what's going to happen, it's very um, unsettling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I I was actually going to ask you that as well, just because you do offer all the way up to six. And I was thinking about all the summer camps that aren't going to open up. So have Mm -hmm. you thought at all about um, branching out and doing a program for slightly older kids just to give them something to do maybe two days a week? Uh, Definitely. I would, I would, (laughs) I'm, I'm referring them to Josh. He does the older kids thing. He's doing a kindergarten, uh, sorry, he's doing the preschool class with us, Mm -hmm. but, but uh, my, my teachers are early childhood educators and my program is an early childhood education program. Um, So for us, it would be, it would be fun and it would be something to attempt and to adopt, but we, we do kind of focus on, (laughs) on the, on the toddler preschooler age, Mm -hmm. but he's doing, he's doing camps and it, his classes are so great. I'll, I would say you should check out flow martial arts. Yeah, definitely. We've been, that's like, that's the thing. We had big plans for the summer for our son. And now we're just kind of wondering what we're going to do. Yeah. Cause (laughs) we were pretty structured early on and, it just seems like he's lost um, some motivation to kind of follow that structure. And we had a schedule, which he could kind of play around with and play shift, around with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and shift things around different activities. But he's just kind of really lost interest, especially in the schoolwork part. And so mm. it's kind of is, the, he in, is he in kindergarten or, or daycare? He was in grade, one. grade one. Grade one. Oh, grade one. Yeah. yeah. So it's been tough because on one hand, like, you know, they're going through a lot and um, yeah. it's hard, especially that it's coming up on summer break anyways. Like, how how hard do you force them to sit down and do kind of quote unquote productive stuff? And at what point do you just give in a bit? So we've been, these last couple of weeks have been tough trying to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for us, he didn't, last week, he wouldn't even go to the Zoom uh class with his teacher and some other kids and then yeah so you're just trying to think like what instead of making it like really learning based what would be fun and interactive for him so that he's still getting that even like what what you're doing like just that sharing time and that interaction with other people and even Mm -hmm. that sort of emotional like I looked at your programs and like you know managing your emotions and like that growth and you know some of the things he's missing out on not being with other kids yeah yeah, and I mean, over summer, I think structure tends to relax in general, mm-hmm. in, in, in normal, in the normal world. Um, 
But I, I think it's also kind of depends on kids. Like some kids do better with less structure as a fact. And some people and some people and kids do better with a bit more routine. Mm-hmm. But certainly when I <laughs> when I was looking, when I was doing some research for writing the website, I was looking for a a good credible, reliable source to set, to to discuss structure and routine in children's mental health. And it was just, you know, putting a, a Google search of like, is structure important for kids' mental health, for example? It's just so overwhelmingly true. And it, you know, like you could pick, you could pick any of the responses they all say the same thing it's all that children do tend to resent and and you know push against structure and and it's so good for them <laughs> so yeah. i don't like you eating know, their like, vegetables yeah eating their vegetables and and waking up in the morning at a regular time having having a bit of knowledge about the parts of the day it's 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 so healthy for them because then then they can work through even the parts that they don't necessarily love because they know that that won't last forever right yeah definitely and so do you have any sort of advice to parents right now who are just kind of lost and don't have that structure or even like maybe uh, parents with younger kids who are looking for your program do you have any advice for those um, parents uh, well, what we, I mean, and this is true even in real preschool and real daycare and virtual preschool and probably everything with young children. Um, when people sign up with our virtual preschool, we include four introductory classes and we suggest picking two days in a week that, that you would do the morning and afternoon on that day mm-hmm. because establishing a routine it doesn't have to be every day. It doesn't have to be regimented, but, but like your, your visual schedule is a really great tool just to have it up on the fridge to say like, okay, today's a preschool day. We're going to do this and then we're going to have lunch and then you're going to do that. And then we're going to play outside and, and just kind of like walk them through it at the beginning so that they know that this is what's going to happen. But doing it a couple of times, I would say it, it does take practice. And, and once they know that, once they know that they're going to get to see their friends and that their friends and their interactions with their teachers is only for that one time. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been very informative and I definitely hope that anybody looking for childcare right now, especially online, because I think a lot of us parents are struggling <laughs> that they are, that they find you. Um, do you want to let everyone know about your different programs and different ways they can contact you? Sure. Thank you. Uh, the, <laughs> there's so many. Uh, there's the virtual preschool is called bkconline.club. And enrollments and everything is on there. And the Instagram is the same, bkconline.club. And the real flexible daycare is called Buddings Daycare. And it's buddings.ca. And where is the um, one that you're reopening? It's at at Knight and Kingsway. It's in the King King 
Edward Village. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, I know exactly. Oh, that's right near my sister. Oh, is that? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, next next to the library there. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, and I guess uh, to close off, something we'd like to ask people is what what's the most positive thing that you've taken, or if there are any positives that you've taken out of this whole COVID experience, what would that be for you? The most positive. Hmm. Uh, oh my gosh. I, I have, I have three that are almost all the same positive. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You sometimes we don't even get one. So three is great. The more the merrier. Yeah. Okay. The bicycles is one. I, I have like a, I have like a deep personal satisfaction from introducing people to bike commuting. So the the two girls at my work plus all the people that i'm seeing out on bikes who are commuting and who are out with their kids a lot of people on bikes is probably one of my top favorite things um my dogs have spent so much time with me lately that they have actually become very well mannered and well behaved <laughs> they were such a gong show but constant constant attention has really helped them that's been a huge improvement in my life um and I'm actually really for all the hand washing like I love it I love that hand washing is such a big thing and we've been trying to teach the kids how to properly wash their hands and so often it's not really paid attention to and now it's such a big deal and people are going to be less sick. Mm. So I'm really, I'm really happy about even the daycare, you know, I'm happy that the daycare is less filled with germs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. The worst thing is definitely the stress and the anxiety and like the sense of foreboding, but mm -hmm. All the, a lot, except for that, a lot of the other stuff has been pretty, pretty positive. Yeah, definitely. There's some, there's been some great takeaways and I think hand washing is high up there on mine too. I'm glad. And even just the, the distancing, I don't mind that people are, you know, there's some places where that's kind of nice <laughs> that people are keeping their distance. So me too, <laughs> me too. I see it even on the roads. Like I see even cars giving a little bit extra space. Like they don't line up as quickly <laughs> as they used to. Yeah. You don't want to have to get out of your car at some point if you get stuck. Everywhere but the liquor store. Because yeah. we, we've, dri we've driven by a couple and we're like, man, we would not be waiting in that line. That is ridiculous. No. That's the only place we see lines. Yeah. <laughs> liquor stores. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming by. This has been this has been great. And I'm yeah, I'm glad you're providing this service. I know like even in our lives, we have people with kids who just still have to work. So I'm glad there's um, there's resources out there for them. Well, thank you. And thanks so much for for uh, having me on so I could share about it. Yeah, can continue raising the bar because I think you're you're going above and beyond what the government is saying. So that's really awesome. And you're welcome back anytime to give us updates on how things are going. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, actually, can I can I do I don't know when does this go out? When does it get posted? Um, usually tonight or yeah. tomorrow morning at the latest. Really? Yeah. Uh, can I invite you guys to the to the weather forecast show on on Monday, May eighteenth? 
What's that? What's that? It's it's our it's one of our virtual classes. It's called uh, Worldwide Weather, mm-hmm. and it's open to any any age, any time zone. Anybody in the world is welcome to this class. You could just uh, you can you can apply at bkconline.club or you could uh, text me and I could send you the info. But it, it's basically we're inviting people to present. Uh, stories about what's happening in the weather where they are. Oh, awesome. What time is it at? It's at 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I think we'll bring, we'll bring Parker. Maybe he'll, maybe bring, he'll present. Yeah, something. bring Parker, submit a, submit a, submit a photo of the weather near you and we can, and we can feature it. <laughs> okay, great. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank maybe we'll see you so there. Much. Best of luck. <laughs> Bye. Thank you.